glad to have you here today. I am joined with my good friend Alex Golden from Setting the Pace. Alex, how are you feeling, man? Oh, you know, as an Indiana fan, not the not the funnest day, but that was still a really entertaining basketball game, even though the Pacers took a loss. Yeah, it was entertaining. It was a uh, it was weird because I felt like Indiana was, you know, playing well, playing uh, strong most of the first half, even though it seemed like we were or we were down, but it seemed like we were kind of close the whole time. But Phoenix is good, man. Um, I want to just kind of get your thoughts on them as a team. You know, they got Jay Crowder in the offseason, and uh, Chris Paul uh, are two big pieces for them. So what are your thoughts on the new-look Suns? <laughs> well, the new-look Suns are really good, and there's a reason they were third in defensive rating. And, you know, they were up there, I think, 12th in offensive rating before tonight's game. And, of course, losing to Detroit in overtime, giving up a double-digit lead that they had established last night in Detroit. I mean, Detroit's not a good basketball team, and losing that game, you know they were going to come in, come into Indiana with a chip on their shoulder, ready to kind of, you know, get that loss back against a, you know, against a really good Indiana Pacers team and try to get that win. And, you know, they their defense was really good. Mikael Bridges was on fire. Uh, Devin Booker had another yep. stellar night as well. So, I mean, when you had a guy like Chris Paul and you had a guy like Jay Crowder, those are just two great veterans that are going to push these guys, and they're not going to step on the toes of the young talent that Phoenix has. They're not going to become guys that are just trying to get in the way, but they're going to motivate these guys and push these guys to another level that you know the, the front office of Phoenix knows they have, but they just have to get the right guys in there, and that's all about setting a culture, and that's what Chris Paul does. Yeah, the culture chain has been huge. I think you know Chris Paul is definitely – I mean, he's obviously one of the best point guards um, in the NBA all time, um, but – yeah, Mikhail Bridges might be on the list for Pacers Killers. Um, he, he definitely has to be added to the list now. Um, it was tough. He shot well. He had, I think, 30, 33, finished with 33 points. I um, think so. Yeah, uh, just crazy shooting night for them. And um, something I wanted to point out, the perimeter defense was just kind of poor for the Pacers. Um, just kind of my take, except I thought we played – or what am I saying? We did good inside the paint defending, but defending the perimeter, not so much. What are your thoughts on Bjorkren's uh, kind of defensive scheme guarding the Suns? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it really has changed from what they did earlier this season. I just think Phoenix was moving the ball a little bit better than other teams have, and they were knocking down their threes. I mean, uh, I think Caitlin Cooper just wrote an article about how the Pacers are doing a good job of creating bad angles for for their opponents and their opponents aren't shooting as many threes and it's, it's causing them to not put up as many attempts, but Phoenix figured out a way to get past that. And it was one of those things where I saw this game and I'm on paper, you know, like I thought this was a really good matchup. And unfortunately uh, with no TJ Warren, you know, Aaron Holiday's really been struggling with that starting unit. And, and even when he came with the bench playing back at point guard minutes, he didn't look great. He looked okay. But I will say this, like, Phoenix was just, they were on a mission tonight. And the Pacers, I mean, they had some really poor shooting performances from Vic and from Malcolm. And, and Domas, before the third quarter, was really struggling too. So, I mean, they really took the Pacers' top players out of their game. And so I was I was impressed, though, with how the Pacers fought back. But Phoenix, man, they were just hitting on all cylinders tonight. And the Pacers, it felt like anytime they get that lead down to two or four points, Phoenix would go on a little run. So just not our night, but, I mean, Got to be a little bit better defensively. Yeah, that was one of the questions actually that I wrote up was towards the beginning of the half or 
towards the end of the second half was the struggles of Sabonis and Brogdon, but mm-hmm. then the second half it was just complete 180, and they both were playing really well, but it was kind of just a little uh, too much or too little too late. Um, but yeah, Brogdon or Sabonis finished with 28 and 22, oh. a monster night on the glass. Um, it always seems like whenever Sabonis is playing, not poor, but you know, just kind of has the struggles. He's always active on the glass. He's still Sabonis, like he's um, just a very, uh, he's very uh, active in uh, in the paint. Um, yeah, but I uh, I have a I have a question I wrote down earlier in the earlier in the first half about Justin Holiday and how he continues to perform well. Um, just showing how valuable re-signing him was. What's your take on his contributions so far this season? He leads the NBA in bench minutes um, at 29 minutes a game. Uh, I think. I don't know, what What did he finish with today? 28. So yeah. What 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 do you think about Justin? No, I I love Justin Holiday, and I and I pointed this out on Twitter. Like he is the guy that I wanted the Pacers to get last offseason in 2019 after they got Brogdon and they got Jeremy Lamb I said okay you got some you got some cap space I think Justin Holliday makes a lot of sense and he's by far exceeded my expectations and like I said with his brother Aaron struggling with both Lamb and Warren Hurt I think he is the guy that is going to be getting the bulk of the minutes and uh, he's just been shooting the ball well I know he struggled the first couple of games of the season but since then he's really been dominant I think tonight he was six of ten from the field and yeah, McDermott man. was three of three, and unfortunately, the Pacers' two guards went fourteen of forty-one. Brogdon and Oladipo, fourteen of forty-one. Yeah, not good shooting, my man. So when you have guys like Justin and McDermott in there, I think Brogdon and Oladipo did a good job of you know getting to the basket. And some of those missed shots, I know, were cleaned up by Sabonis, which was a plus for him. But I think sometimes when you have those guys cooking as well as they were. You got to look to get them open. It, even if you're using Oladipo and Brogdon as decoys to kind of drive to the basket, get that defense sucked in, and kick it out to one of them. That that's something else they need to do. Maybe get their teammates a little bit more involved. But yeah, I mean Justin Holiday though on both ends of the floor, he's just been really really good. Yeah, certainly. And uh, to touch on you mentioned Victor, uh, he had five fouls I think going into fourth quarter something that's yeah. not usual for him but um oh gosh why am i getting a call this is the worst um man that's awful uh here we go get that out of here um so yeah oladipo um five fouls uh, kind of hurt the patient going into the fourth quarter can't really utilize him but um something that was um an interesting lineup we had Cassius stanley and edmund sumner in um which was they did their job. I mean, they they held the Suns scoreless while the starters could rest, but the starters couldn't. I, I saw Tony East tweet capitalize on it, and mm-hmm. that was that was huge for us, especially for like the momentum. You know, you kind of you that's like the perfect thing for the bench unit to do, and that just something the starters couldn't finish. Yeah, now that lineup when it was put into the game, I was a little bit surprised to see Cassius Stanley getting some minutes, uh, really his first significant minutes of the season in the middle of a crunch time game against the Phoenix Suns, one of the better teams, and he went out there and played really well. Now, offensively, the Pacers didn't have a lot during that time, but, hey, they made the most of it, and it was their defense that was running those guys on the three-point line. And this is where, you know, sometimes the Turbonis duo can hurt you a little bit is when you're playing a team like Phoenix that can get out there and shoot the three, and they have that, you know, small ball four and Jay Crowder who's just a little bit quicker uh, then, you know, maybe Sabonis trying to close out on him. I mean, this is 
just one of the things that I noticed with this small ball unit with Cassius Stanley and Edmund Sumner leading the charge out there, they're just long and they're athletic. Yeah. And they were be they were able to close out quicker. So I think that that definitely did help. But putting that starting unit back in, obviously we knew that was about to happen. You couldn't gamble too long with that lineup just because of the offensive of the offensive uh, lack that they have right there. But at the same time, you know, I, I would have been okay if they would have given them one more minute maybe since they got so close to narrowing the lead down just to see if Phoenix had any counters because at that point it seemed like that unit was really being disruptive and I would have liked to reward yeah. them a little bit longer and then maybe bring the starters back in if it was like a four or five point game with like six minutes left instead of about eight minutes left. Yeah, no, Sumner was aggressive defensively, I thought. That was something I noticed. You know, he was very active. He looked like he was full of energy, ready to play. And, you know, I saw you were tweeting about Aaron Holiday. You know, I don't know. I think starting him makes the most sense just because it makes the team kind of fit better. But, you know, he played really good in, like, the first quarter. But, you know, he's still struggling. You know, he's one of three. He's not getting shots. I mean, you don't – he's not really – gonna take a lot of shots but he's one of three um he he just didn't really do much and it's hard to get you know he's a good scorer you know Quinn Buckner always says you know Aaron can shoot he's got to shoot but it's just kind of funny but um what do you what do you think about going forward you know lineups wise do you take minutes away from holiday and try to get them to guys like summer who are attacking and you know aggressive defensively and maybe look at you know more minutes for cash it's not i mean not extended minutes but you know like in lineups like that that have proven to work um do you think that's something that makes sense going forward i mean i wouldn't necessarily take aaron's minutes away right now because he's not you know logging a ton of them that tonight might have been one of the heavier minutes he's gotten compared to previous games i can't remember what he finished with tonight but uh with no mcconnell he did get some more minutes there in the second quarter but Honestly, I would just maybe take away some from Sabonis and, and, and Brogdon and, and extend that rotation to about nine guys uh, instead of hurting Aaron's growth because Aaron needs to grow as a player, especially if the Pacers are going to pay him in a couple of years since yeah. he's on that rookie extension and then he'll be a restricted free agent. And if this is someone they really believe in, you know, they got to give him some time to grow. I mean, I don't like him as a backup ball, <laughs> a ball handler. I thought – um, tonight he looked really shaky in that fourth quarter. Starts the fourth quarter off with a turnover, then two plays later I think he had another one or created an and one foul. I can't remember, but uh, got called for an and one foul. But, yeah, it's uh, Aaron is just – he's kind of frustrating because you see the potential. Right. And we've seen him have some really good games, but at the same time he's really struggled too. And, I mean, I wouldn't change that starting lineup up yet because I feel like McDermott and, and Justin Holiday are, are too pivotal to the bench rotation. And if you put one of them in the starting lineup and then bring Aaron off the bench with McConnell, number one, you're really small and you don't have that same level of shooting out there and playmaking because McDermott and, and Justin Holiday have been so good at playmaking. It's it's something that you really can't take away and don't want to really disrupt that bench. But Edmund Sumner, Jakar Sampson, those are two guys that I think have proven that they deserve a little bit of time, whether it's you know even just 10 minutes a game. you know, yeah. Give them a chance to get, go out there and give Vic and give Malcolm and give Domas a little bit of rest just so they're not logging 40 minutes a game. But at the same time, when we had Scott Agnes on our podcast this past week, he brought up a really good point talking about how the Pacers were home for the first seven of their nine games. And if you go back to the bubble, these guys weren't traveling, and so they were easy, they were able to rest better. And maybe that is a reason why we've seen such an uptick in minutes because everybody 
and their mom is freaking out on Twitter about these minutes, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, you can't you can't turn on your 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 Twitter page without seeing Pacer fans and people that cover the team talking about the minutes. And I understand it, it's a big deal, but at the same time, I thought Scott made a great point. You know, only having to travel for two of the two of the nine games that they played uh, to start the season off with. One was in Chicago, so not even that far of travel. Um, these guys are having plenty of time to rest in between games, and when they go on the road, I think we'll see a decrease in minutes. And if we don't, then I think we should start really being concerned. But at the same time, um, six and three is a great start for this Pacers team, especially knowing without knowing you're going to lose TJ Warren. That I mean, you got to be happy with how yeah, that's big. It's playing. Yeah, I know. Uh, Sabonis. I mean, he's still he's still logging. In. I mean, he, today forty one minutes. I mean, you think <laughs> kind of with the injuries that like, that's kind of my only perspective on the the high minutes is Brogdon he's been injury prone in the past and Sabonis coming off the uh plantar fascia injury is you know something that keeps getting irritated and so that's just something I I kind of think about when I see the high minutes I, and I think like I think in the other interview the other day Brogdon said you know his minutes are probably going to fluctuate as the season go on it's like kind of just how he feels and stuff but um yeah still some pretty high minutes but yeah it should change and you know Bjorken he's a so far have been fantastic so i'm not going to question anything he's six and three like you said is a great start for this pacers team um but so that that's all the questions i have um i kind of want to do the quick preview of the next game um the pacers take on the kings on monday uh they're currently four and five but they have a matchup against portland tonight um so that could change but uh i guess yeah what's your early prediction for pacers kings on monday yeah, it depends on if Marvin Bagley's dad and De'Aaron Fox's dad are still going at it <laughs> on Twitter. No, I'm just kidding. But no, I mean, I mean, Sacramento's a fine team. They've they've got De'Aaron Fox. He's a quick point guard. Uh, might be a little bit of a challenge for Malcolm Brogdon, but at the same time, you know, the Pacers, uh, DeAndre Ayton, not DeAndre Ayton. Um, what is his name down there? I can't remember. I'm I'm in a brain fart now. Buddy Heald? No, no, no. The the big guy. Uh, I just said his name and I can't remember. Bagley. Bagley. Marvin Bagley. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, Having not... a brain fart, but yeah. That's all right. It happens. <laughs> Marvin Bagley's not had a good season. <laughs> and so their their big man rotation has been quite the interesting one. I, I mean, I'm not a big Kings guy. They're okay. Um, they've got talent. Don't get me wrong. Darren Fox, 18.9 points. But uh, he's their biggest He's their biggest X factor. And uh, I, I think Buddy Hill, he's streaky. We know that. There's no doubt about that. Buddy Heald is very streaky. And other than that, I mean, I mean, Jabari Parker's not playing tonight. He's somebody off their bench. Harrison Barnes is okay. Um, it's just a team that I'm not really that invested in. I mean, the Raptors just beat them 144 yeah. to 123. The Raptors have been really struggling. Not saying the Raptors are a bad team, but, um, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, Rashawn Holmes, Harrison Barnes, Marvin Bagley, Darren Fox, Buddy Hill, not a great team. Uh, Halliburton is a guy that's been really good off the bench. Uh, the rookie guard, the rookie guard that drafted um, from Iowa State, somebody that I think could cause problems, but someone I'm, you know, not too concerned about this early into the season. But yeah, I mean, the, the rest of their bench is not very good. So the Pacers, they're going to have to win this game, I think, to get the road trip started off nicely, uh, especially knowing they're going to be on a back-to-back playing Golden State Tuesday night. So. This is a game I, I think that they have to win and come out and make a statement. But, you know, if Harrison Barnes gets hot and, and Buddy Hill gets hot, it could be a long night. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, Alex, I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, that's that's all I got for the show. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug? You got any podcast coming up this week, or where can people find you on Twitter? Yeah, so you guys can find me on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA, and make sure you're following our podcast at SettingThePace3 on Twitter as well. And our Instagram account is at PacersTalk from our previous website that me and you were both a part of before yep. we decided to uh, move in a different direction. But, yeah, I'm just going to say, you know, we got some podcasts coming out this week. I'll be joined again by Mark Schumler and Rhett Bauer uh, tomorrow to discuss this Suns game and do a West Coast preview. And then I'm going to be joined by Naptown Hoops and A.J. Reese Monday after the uh, the first game against Sacramento to kind of recap that. And then, of course, me and Fachi will be back together on Wednesday to recap the Warriors game. And then Fachi will have his podcast uh, to recap. I, I forget who they play or preview whoever they play on Friday. So, yeah, lots of stuff going on over at Setting the Pace. And, uh, yeah, appreciate you having me on, Zach, and I'd be happy to do it again. Cool, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Make sure you guys check out Alex. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, talk to you guys later. excited about this Pacers team. I mean, I know we lost, yeah. but... You think about it, a Brockton and Oladipo just hit four more shots. This is yeah. a totally different ball game. I mean, I'm not trying to bail them out for anything, but. No, that's true. I mean, they were both seven for 20. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, it was. Four, when you only get 14 made field goals on 41 attempts, that's not very good. So. You're not going to do much winning with that. No, sure. I mean, even though even though other guys stepped up, those are your go to guys that have really carried them besides Sabonis. I mean, we didn't talk about Turner, but I thought he was way more aggressive on the glass tonight, too. Yeah, double-double. Uh, yeah, and he had some really nice passes to Domas. Yeah. Yeah, and they couldn't handle Domas in the third quarter. I mean, whenever they went to a small ball of Dario Sarge, I mean, Domas just tore him up 20 points and nine rebounds in that quarter. Yeah, it's wild. And then, and then it's like, okay, once I figured that out, the Pacers were kind of struggling to get offense going, and that just – I mean, Brogdon had such a tough night. I mean, with his inability to get above the rim, I mean, he's Can't just finish, a, like the left hand. It's like sometimes it's perfect and sometimes it's just off. And it's he tries to go at it consistently, and it's like sometimes just not working. Well, yeah, and I and I think with Brogdon, like he's been great, and his shot just wasn't falling tonight. A lot of that has to do with the defense of the Suns. I mean, they were really prioritizing taking them out of the game, but. When he drives to the basket, like, he doesn't create enough separation to, you know, get foul calls and finish at the rim. And so, like, yeah. I think there was one where Devin Booker did foul him, but Devin Booker's hand was, like, so far <laughs> over the ball when he, when he blocked him right before he got the foul. It's like, Brogdon, I mean, he is what he is with that athleticism because he doesn't really have – he's not super athletic. But, yeah, I think Domas – some of the shots he took were so terrible, like – yeah, the fading away ones. I don't really like those. I, I think he needs to really work on. I don't know if you heard the latest podcast I did, but I, I really would like to see him work on that like eight to twelve footer, kind of where the defense is trying to force him to shoot the ball. Yeah, I feel like he could totally knock it down. I mean, he's proven that he can shoot. He's definitely worked on his three point shot. I mean, it's obvious he's you know been doing great from behind the arc. But um, yeah, no, it seems like he was kind of hunting those shots that were just like. If the offense wasn't working, he's just going to back down whoever's guarding him and then try to get a point or try to get as close to the basket as he could and just throw it up. And I don't know if I kind of like that offense. It kind of reminds me of old Nate. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I understand letting him have a little bit of leverage and giving him the opportunity to take his own shots because he gets so many other people involved with what he does. I mean, 
I don't know how many assists he finished with tonight. I don't know if it was still four or not, but uh, yes, four. Yeah, that's what he had in the third quarter. So he, I mean, he was pretty quiet the fourth quarter. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things where I'm just saying, like when like Boston did a really good job of it, and New York did last week. They really kind of built that wall versus bonus, not to get much deeper into the paint. And so if he's in that mid post, I think if he could be effective there as well, then that would just open up his game even more. But at the same time, I mean, he's been phenomenal, so you can't ask too much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just he's just not athletic enough like like Turner is on the on protecting the rim. So. Yeah, uh, Turner is something different. Like he has handles and like we never utilize it, but Turner is like crazy with ball handling. He's gotten a lot better. No, there's no doubt about it. I think I think with Turner, like this is just me. Like I, I've been, I was critical of Miles after they lost the Cavs and in the playoffs in 2018 I thought his physicality was just not there I didn't think he was mentally tough enough and some people yeah. kind of got upset with 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 those takes you know I felt like he was just a guy that was going to be bullied and not a guy you could count on offensively to be a reliable source but um, last year I thought he started to evolve as he took a lesser role and that's not knocking on him I just don't think him as a primary center is the ideal fit for for this team and how they're built. But I do think defensively he is the biggest reason that we've been so good because of his rim protection. I mean, this year he has been on a mission. And yeah. and, and honestly, I think the trade talk, all those rumors that came out, it really has fueled him more than it has negatively impacted him. And I noticed that he has been negatively impacted by stuff people say on Twitter. So it's good to see him really kind of thriving this year and, and, and getting past that point where he once was, you know, almost even a little bit in his head. So I, I'm I'm really impressed with Turner, man. I mean, I can't say enough great things about how well he's played this year either. It's uh, it's uh, It's been unreal. Yeah. Did you, did you see that stat the other day about uh, the eight blocks – that he had gotten, and the only person to do that before was him, who got eight blocks, and the only person to do it before him was him, that got eight blocks. Yeah, no, I mean, it's he is so good, man. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's wild. Or he is one of the best rim protectors. Like, that's that's what he's a lead out. He's an elite rim protector. You can't deny yeah. that. And if anybody tries to tell you different, they're lying to you. But, yeah, it's... Defensive player of the year candidate, for sure. Right now, I mean, he's got to be the early front-runner. I mean, yeah. him and Mikael Bridges. Is, Mikael Bridges has to be up there, because... Those arms, man. He looks like he's a good. pterodactyl. Yeah, he's good, man. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, we'll have to do this again. Maybe, uh, maybe one night during the uh, West Coast road trip if you're doing them that late. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, we can definitely. I mean, I can prep for it, and you know, if we if you want to plan something, yeah, I'm I'm game. So. Yeah, just let me know, man. Anytime you need help. All right, cool. I appreciate it, Alex. Yeah, and everybody listening. Hope you guys yeah. enjoyed. it. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, we'll see you, Zach. All right, bye.